Fangraph's Top 100 Prospects list. It's something we look forward to every single year, and yesterday was the release. So we'll talk about the Giants making the cut on the list and where they rank next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show we provide episodes three days a week until the lockout ends, then we'll go back to five days a week, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube as well, so check us out there if you have not already. And coming up on today's show, as I said, we're going to jump into the Fangraph's Top 100 Prospects list. To me, it's one of my favorites uh, of all the different publications that put out these lists, and there are a lot of them. Fangraphs is always one I look forward to the most because of their combination of expertise in scouting and understanding and applying uh, analytics and the numbers behind what makes a good player. So this is a list made by Eric Longenhagen, Kevin Goldstein, and Tess Taruskin over at Fangraphs. Longenhagen is the lead prospect analyst. Uh, Goldstein used to work in a front office and Tess Taruskin Taruskin, uh, is a prospect analyst as well with Fangraphs. So jumping into the list, the Giants' uh, number one prospect according to this list and the number 18 overall prospect in the game uh, is Marco Luciano. So we're just going to go through and, and name the players who are on the list and where they rank first, and then we'll read some reports. Number two on the list is... Uh, Luis Matos, who comes in at number 35 overall. This is, to me, uh, I believe, the highest we've seen Matos ranked. And it just continues a a trend where he is shooting up people's top 100 lists uh, after the season he had in 2021. How about this? Number 38, Kyle Harrison. This is definitely the highest we've seen uh, the left-handed pitcher ranked. And it's an exciting uh, position for him to be ranked in, number 38. So the Giants have three prospects in the top 38. According to Fangraphs, that's a pretty good place to be. Number 76, this is the second time we've seen this, uh, but Patrick Bailey comes in in the top 100. We haven't we hadn't seen that a lot. And uh, he started out the season very poorly. And so uh, he, he went down to the complex league and then went, down a level from where he started and, and kind of mashed in low A after that demotion. And then uh, the way he finished out the season gets him into this top 100. Number 99, Elliot Ramos, just barely makes the cut. And then uh, they do extend beyond the top 100. I guess maybe uh, players who are indistinguishable from each other and kind of it's uh, pick your place for any of these guys. But Joey Bart comes in at 113th overall. So it continues to be a big fall for Bart, according to these various publications. Fangraphs 
had him in their top 10 just a couple of years ago, and he's fallen all the way to 113th. So before we get into reading the individual uh, reports on all these players, I do just want to take a moment to uh, extend my condolences to the Kuiper family. Of course, Dwayne Kuiper, beloved broadcaster with the Giants. Uh, the Giants released this statement on behalf of Dwayne Kuiper and his family last night. Quote, we are heartbroken to announce that Michelle Kuiper, Dwayne's beloved wife of 36 years, passed away unexpectedly this past Sunday morning. Michelle, born on April 30th, 1957, was a loving wife, mother, grandmother, sister, sister-in-law, and daughter who raised her children to be active members of their community. She was a fierce advocate for women's rights, and it was important to her that her children and two granddaughters grow up to understand the importance of gender equity. Dwayne and their children, Cole and Dannon, are surrounded by loved ones and family during this difficult time, and we ask that you keep them in your thoughts and prayers. In addition to Dwayne, Cole, and Dannon, Michelle is survived by her daughter-in-law, Rachel, son-in-law, Zachary, and grandchildren, Andy and Kit. At her wishes, there will be no services. So, full disclosure, I meant to talk about that right off the bat, and then I jumped into the prospect stuff, but... My heart goes out to the Kuiper family. It's been a very difficult year plus for them. Uh, Dwayne, of course, had an issue where he had to step away from broadcasting and he received chemotherapy and he was out of the booth for a long time uh, last season in 2021. And then he came back towards the end of it and was, was seemingly doing better. I think we got word that he was doing much better. And then he was broadcasting a lot more and pretty much every day, if memory serves, towards the end of the year. So obviously, I mean, it's, it can't even put it into words, a very difficult time for the Kuiper family. And we here at Locked on Giants just want to uh, extend our condolences, deepest uh, sympathies to the Kuiper family during this difficult time. So coming up next, I do want to read the individual write-ups on these Giants prospects. We're going to get into uh, why Fangraphs was so high on Marco Luciano and Kyle Harrison, and we'll talk about uh, the Patrick Bailey versus Joey Bart debate as well. So stay tuned for that. But first, this is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It, it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's most delicious bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, you might be saying, okay, sounds delicious, but I'm here for uh, eating healthy and trying to stick to my resolution that's probably long since passed. Well, I would say to you in response, most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, that's very important to me, uh, to go along with a whopping 17 grams of protein. So check them out at built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, as promised, we are going to jump back into uh, the conversation about uh, the Giants' prospects on this top 
100 list. It's really a top 114 list by Fangraphs, and uh, Joey Bart, of course, coming in there at 113. So we'll get into that conversation, talk about Harrison and Matos uh, being so high, because uh, these players were not on anybody's top 100 entering the year, and then here they are. They shoot up uh, the rankings and are continuing to climb. Speaking of prospects, Locked on MLB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. That show, Locked on MLB Prospects, is available wherever you get podcasts. So let's talk about uh, the players on the list. I think Marco Luciano at number 18, um, par for the course. This is kind of where he's been. Expectations haven't changed too much. He's fallen a little bit based on some struggles at high A when he was promoted and he was the youngest player there, but kind of everyone agrees that that was to be expected to some degree, and a lot will be said about, I mean, based on how he starts out uh, 2022 or just overall performs in 2022, he could put those fears to bed with a strong season. And also there are the concerns about defensively, Fangraphs also pointing out that they don't think he's going to stick at shortstop. We're just seeing this time and time again from these various publications. But let's talk about um, Matos and Harrison and and what Fangraphs thinks about them. So the quick blurb on Matos is that he has plus-plus bat speed and the wheels speed to stay in center field with only his aggressive approach holding him back from the 55 future value tier. Now, I won't get into the details about the scouting grades, but it's a 20 to 80 scale, uh, 80 being the best. They slap a 50 future value on Matos, and they're saying 55 is within reach if he can just hone in his approach. So the, the write-up goes as follows. Matos had a tremendous 2021. He spent the season at low A San Jose where he slashed 313, 358 on base, 494 slugging. That was good for a 121 weighted runs created plus and low A West MVP honors all before his 20th birthday, which occurred a few days before the publication of the Giants top prospects list. He struck out in a minuscule 12.4% of his at-bats with a 41% fly ball rate. He still demonstrates freaky rotational ability and can smack his barrel into a ball no matter what hitting zone it's in. His ability to connect with whatever uh, the pitcher hurls his way leads to a relatively common profile for a hitter his age as Mato swings more often than he should rather than waiting for the pitches he can really punish. His walk rate was only 5.7% in 2021, though it did trend upward toward the end of the season, and his BABIP, batting average on balls in play, was unsustainably high, so refining his pitch selection will be a key part of his progression toward the higher levels of the minors. There's huge ceiling here, that of a center fielder with a potent combination of hit and power, but the pitch selection piece of Matos's profile is a little bit concerning and keeping him in the 50 future value tier for now. So again, kind of par for the course, what we've seen with Matos, he had just such an impressive 2021 with the only blemish being uh, perhaps a little bit of discipline issues and chasing pitches out of the zone. But the fact is he's able to 
barrel up those pitches. And so I, I do generally agree, though, the more advanced pitching you face, they'll be able to exploit that potentially. But to be able to hit for power, hit for average, uh, hit the ball in the air and play good defensive uh, center field all while barely striking out at all. It's an exciting profile. And uh, I agree there's huge ceiling here. So number 38, Kyle Harrison, let's talk about him. The quick write-up is that Harrison's body has thickened pretty quickly, but he throws hard and has a diverse fastball utility and great secondary stuff. He's tracking like a mid-rotation starter. So the full blurb goes as follows. When we put together our Giants list, we had Patrick Bailey ranked higher than Harrison, but in the weeks since that list's publication, we've received enough feedback about Harrison to give him the bump over the up-and-coming catcher. I mean, I'm just going to pause here and say it's a huge bump. They, they, they're saying they had Bailey as a better prospect when they put out their Giants top prospects list, but now they've got Harrison ranked number 38th overall among all pros- prospects in the game, and Bailey is like 79th, right? And so that just tells you the feedback they received on Harrison was beyond just a little bit uh, moving the needle. It jumped off the page and they put him way up here. So uh, continuing with the write-up, they say the Giants lured Harrison away from his UCLA commitment with a third round selection and a two and a half million dollar bonus in 2020. And his first year of pro ball reinforced the club's confidence in the young Southpaw. He issued strikeouts at a 35.7% clip while only allowing three home runs in his 98 and two-thirds innings of work, the best of any qualified low A arm on both counts. His physique is that of a prototypical starter, but with a noticeably strong lower half, which he uses to get low to the ground and push off the mound for a monstrous lunge toward the plate. He exaggerates the weirdness of his delivery by slinging his arm in a low three-quarter slot, creating a unique angle and making the ball that much more difficult for hitters to track, particularly lefties. Harrison's fastball seems to come upward, keeping hitters off balance and allowing him to pound the top of the zone. When that's working for Harrison, he's deadly, as illustrated by his numbers but his effectiveness largely depends on consistency, consistently maintaining that odd arm angle with very minor location discrepancies causing his fastball to catch too much of the heart of the zone. His sweeping slider, meanwhile, has been dominant against lefties, and thanks to that arm angle, it's likely to stay that way. But the pitch's effectiveness against right-handed batters, while impressive in low A, could diminish against more advanced righties who are able to adapt to it. Still, his location issues are the most are those most in need of attention. In 2021, he walked 11.8% of his opponents and issued 15 free passes by way of hit by pitches. Right now, he looks like he'll end up in the back of a rotation, but if San Francisco's coaches can conjure up the same alchemy they've used on other recent pitching prospects and Harrison is able to rein in his arsenal, he could find himself in a more pivotal starting role. So apologize for the long, uninterrupted read there, but it's just an exciting write-up on Harrison to go along with Matos. So at the low levels of the minors, I mean, uh, Marco Luciano, Luis Matos, and Kyle Harrison all in low A, or excuse me, all in A ball, low A or high A, uh, and then Patrick Bailey also, 
the the strength of the giant system is mostly in the lower levels of the miners, but they also have some upper miners guys like Ramos and Joey Bart, uh, who provide, I mean, more than just intrigue, but the potential to impact the major leagues right away. So coming up next, we'll mostly get into the Bart versus Bailey discussion and maybe mix in uh, the what's going on with Elliot Ramos. So stay tuned for that conversation. But first, football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. Uh, from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where to find the next, or excuse me, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information, and of course, baseball as well once this lockout is finally over. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online is where the game starts. All right, as promised, we are going to wrap up this conversation, talk about uh, Joey Bart versus Patrick Bailey, a bit of a catcher controversy in San Francisco, except not really because uh, they're at very different levels in terms of their progression through the minor leagues. So, of course, just to recap a little bit, there was controversy when the Giants took Bailey with what I forget exactly what pick it was, but their top draft choice uh, in 2020. He was their first round pick, 13th overall in 2020. And the public Giants reaction was like, they already have Joey Bart. What are they doing drafting another catcher? They should have taken X, Y, and Z. But as we've seen, you can never have enough catching, and there's no guarantee that Bart is going to have success. So let's just compare those two in terms of what the write-up is. So Bailey comes in at number 76. I believe I said 79 when I was talking about uh, Harrison and Bailey and their rankings in you know a, a minute ago. But Patrick Bailey, number 76, the quick blurb is, the unathletic Bailey is a good switch hitter at a premium position. And the write-up is, between Buster Posey hanging up his chest protector this offseason and a relative cooling on Joey Bart, Bailey seems a likely and necessary role player for the Giants as they phase into the post-Posey era of catching. A first-rounder in 2020 out of North Carolina State, Bailey made his pro debut in 2021. After struggling at high A while dealing with a back issue, and then taking a couple of games in the complex league to regroup, he landed at what seemed a more comfortable level at low A San Jose. After a couple of weeks of gradual return to form, Bailey was sidelined with a concussion in mid-August, then came back to absolutely demolish the competition for the remaining four weeks of the season. Bailey went 39 for 99 with six homers, 11 doubles, and a whopping 1146 OPS, good for a 193 weighted runs created plus over his last 25 games, then hit 292, 375, 417 on uh, average on base slugging while picking up reps in the fall league. A switch hitter with rare feel for contact from both sides, Bailey prefers a gap approach from the right side while favoring a pull slash lift approach from the left. Unlike other young guys 
whose bat control results in a swing-happy approach, Bailey's sometimes sways too far in the opposite direction, and he can be overly selective, bordering on passive. So really fundamentally a different type of hitter than Joey Bart, and one that fits more in line with this new front office. Uh, very selective. We've seen, I would say Tommy LaStella is sometimes of this description where he's got so much, um, he's got the bat control, he's got the contact ability, and he's just super, super patient, sometimes bordering on passive. And you think about uh, the arguments against Brandon Belt that he sometimes borders on passive. Well, this is the type of hitter that the Giants front office likes, and it's hard to argue with the results. All the home runs, all the on-base, all the run scoring, all the winning, it's largely a result of this type of approach kind of taking over this Giants team. So Joey Bart is not that type of player. So let's read his write-up next. He comes in at number 113, and the blurb is that Bart may end up with a 20 or 30 grade bat, but if he gets to most of his power anyway, he'll be a good everyday backstop. So a 20 or 30 grade bat is like a slap in the face. I mean, a 20 grade bat is literally literally saying you're the worst type of bat imaginable in terms of your ability to hit for average, basically. So that's kind of what we saw when uh, he made his major league debut in 2020. It was a 20 grade bat. Um, but he didn't hit any home runs in that major league debut, so he didn't get a taste for what he can do, which we see in spring training all the time. The guy has tons of power, it's obvious, but the approach is a problem, and we just shall see. So the, the write-up goes as follows. Bart was seen as one of the best co- uh, catching prospects in the game, getting a golden opportunity to prove himself in 2020 when Buster Posey opted out of the COVID-shortened season. Two years later, he's once again being given a chance to prove he's the answer behind the plate for San Francisco, but the questions about his future are both more numerous and much louder. Bart is a massive human being with immense strength, but at times his size works against him, with multiple scouts believing that his bulk leaves him a touch behind the speed of the game on both offense and defense. Further hampering Bart are swing decisions that were among the worst in all of baseball during the 2020 during his 2020 big league debut and showed little progress back at AAA last year as he whiffed at a nearly 30% cliff clip and continues to be prone to wild chases. He moves well for his size and receives and throws well, projecting as an average defender if not a tick above. But his future is going to come down to his bat. There's a low average high power catcher in here, but he's masked by the disastrous approach that has the potential to be Bart's undoing. With Posey retired, 2022 represents a make-or-break year for 2018's number two overall pick. So I think they nailed it, and it's amazing how far Bart has fallen here. What's also amazing is that he's always had these kind of questions about his bat and the ability. The power is there. The bat, when I say that in a scouting sense, refers to kind of the contact ability, uh, ability to hit for average. Swing decisions, I'm not sure that exactly goes... I think it it's a part of it because if you make bad swing decisions, you're exploitable uh, in many ways in terms of your ability to kind of make contact and hit for average. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, 
I have these same concerns about Bart, and it's, it is a make-or-break year for him, certainly. But overall, a good top 100 list for the Giants. They're well represented here, and uh, it's exciting when you think about some of the younger guys and to see Harrison and Matos continue to climb, uh, and, and it'll be great to see what happens this minor league season for them. And just a reminder, even though the lockout's going on, the minor league season is going to proceed as normal minor league spring training gets underway here in a little over a week and then the season is set to begin uh pretty soon thereafter i mean not much uh later than the the major league season was set to start so anyway that is all the time we have for today coming up tomorrow we're gonna do another mailbag we'll also mix in any new uh news coming out of these meetings between mlb and the mlb Players Association as they continue to meet every day in Florida. Nothing major has transpired yet, but we will definitely be there to talk about it if something does happen. So anyway, once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review uh, or liking, commenting, subscribing on YouTube as well. All of that good stuff. So thank you in advance and thank you to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. Stay locked on Giants.